Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse 21. When Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. Jesus did not say a word to her. His disciples approached him and urged him, Send her away because she's crying out after us. He replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came, knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He answered, It isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus replied to her, Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed. Wow. It's a shocking interaction. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really, really almost at face value disturbing interchange between Jesus and this, this poor mother who's crying out on behalf of her child who is possessed by a demon. And then Jesus just at first rejects her. What's the deal here? Did Jesus change his mind? Was Jesus being cruel toward her? Jesus was testing her faith. And her faith was great. He did this from time to time. We saw this. Watch the way that he, he speaks to Mary different than he speaks to Martha. Mary didn't have the kind of biblical wisdom that her sister Martha did. And so when she comes up at Jesus and is accusatory toward him, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. He just weeps with her by the tomb of Lazarus. But when Martha comes up to the same tomb, it's like systematic theology quiz time. He would test people's faith. Their faith was great. And evidently, this Gentile woman's faith was tremendous. So he withdraws. He's in the area of Tyre and Sidon. Not exactly home, home ground territory for, uh, uh, for the gospel. This even came up as an example uh, of, a, of a previous city that was not exactly known for the gospel presence in his uh, rejections and, and, and his proclamations of woe upon Bethsaida and Chorazin and, and, um, and Capernaum. So he's in Tyre and Sidon. This is where the king literally would live out such a, uh, such a sinful life that his life would become allegorical to the life of Satan himself. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region, this is a Canaanite. She's a descendant of a nation, the enemy of Israel. But she's persistently crying out. And look at her plea. It's, it's, even, more, it's even more embellished with glory and praise than the, the, the same cry of the blind man that begged Jesus to heal him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Do you remember that guy? Look at the difference. This is her cry. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. I mean, it's all there. Jesus has healed people for less than that, if, if you will. So she already exhibits incredible faith. She knows that he's Lord. She knows that he's the son of David. She's a Canaanite. And yet she believes that he's the fulfillment of the word of God. So she's then even affirming the truthfulness of the word of God, the Torah given to God's old covenant chosen nation of Israel. She's not an Israelite. She's a Canaanite. She was, she was in terms of her nationality, an enemy historically to the people of God. And yet she believes that their prophecies for the son of David were true. And she calls him Lord. And she asks him for 
mercy, and then even, even her request is not for her individually, it's for her poor daughter. And it's not her poor daughter who has made a mistake and needs delivery from the consequences. No, her daughter has been possessed by a demon, tormented, the text says, by a demon. Like, how can you not immediately respond to such incredible faith already built into the request? And yet, Jesus is not done here. He didn't say a word to her, verse 23. Would you be persistent in your prayer? Be persistent as your faith is tested. Learn from this woman. Because her faith, according to Jesus, is great. I know that because verse 21 or verse 28, Jesus says, Woman, your faith is great. So this is what great faith looks like. She is persistent. She is trusting in God. She calls him Lord. She asks for mercy. She believes even despite her upbringing as a Canaanite that he's the son of David. Jesus doesn't say a word to her. And then the disciples are the ones who are jerks. The disciples are the ones who hear that same outcry and they think that Jesus is not acknowledging her rather than encouraging her to keep crying out to him, magnifying her faith further. They think that he's genuinely annoyed with her. So if anybody's a jerk in this text, it's the disciples. Because they're like, Jesus, send her away. She's crying out after us. Well, how about this? She's crying out after you, like, tend to her. But in verse 24, Jesus replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Remember, salvation is first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. This is a testing of her faith. This is, this is profound. We saw Jesus heal another Gentile, uh, an, another Gentile household member. Do you remember the centurion whose servant was afflicted at home? Jesus said something similar about his faith. He said, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. The learned, educated Pharisees didn't have the kind of faith that this Roman centurion who grew up worshiping, you know, Hermes or Zeus or something like he got it in a way that they didn't. He said, I've not seen such great faith as this in all of Israel. And so he did heal the centurion servant. He, he will heal this woman's daughter, but at first he pushes back. He's come for the lost sheep of Israel. That's, that's the ones to whom he sent his disciples, temporarily anointing them as apostles in chapter 10. And yet her response, her response is, Lord, help me. And then in verse 26, there's cultural background to this. Dogs were considered ceremonially unclean by Old Testament law, or by Old Testament tradition, rather. This, this, this is how they were viewed. It isn't right to take the children's bread, meaning he's going to the lost children of Israel, and throw it to the dogs. Okay, yes, he does, in that metaphor, refer to her as a dog. Not her individually as a dog, but Gentiles, Canaanites as dogs. But then her response, yes, Lord, Yes, vocative case comma, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. In verse 27, this woman exhibits an understanding of the book of Romans basic theme before Romans was even written. Because of Jesus, God has chosen the nation of Israel and so that now because of Jesus, Gentiles can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. It's incredible and she gets that, she knows that. She's a Canaanite, all right? The descendant of former enemies of the people of Israel some of whom were not even originally allowed to survive the conquest of Canaan. Had the Israelites obeyed God's command in full to eradicate some of the Canaanites, it's likely that she would not even have a bloodline to survive to ask Jesus for healing. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs, which Gentiles, eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. You, you've come to save Israel. 
and we Gentile dogs, we're going to benefit from it. Then Jesus replied to her, Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed. It's incredible. It's really, really amazing to behold that she was able to grasp that this covenant of God through Abraham would benefit all nations. That she knew Jesus was the son of David, see verse 22, likely means that she picked up on the original covenant with Abraham in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17 and 22. That all nations, hey man, that includes Canaan. <laughs> like, if God's going to make for himself a great nation and we're all going to benefit from this, that includes me. And so even though she was, in, the, in the, the customary sense, what would be considered a dog as in an unclean one, according to Old Testament law, she could still benefit from this covenant of God. And then what she says is exactly true. See Romans chapter 9 and 10 and 11, where in a, a more elegant metaphor, Israel is referred to as the chosen vine and Gentiles are the engrafted branches. She is, she's got great faith. Not only to be able to see that, but also to be able to keep pressing on and keep reaching out to Jesus, even after Jesus would test her faith numerous times, even though Jesus' disciples were telling Jesus to cast her away. And what happens is a healing on behalf of someone's surrogate faith. Remember, it's not, it's not she who was afflicted. It's her daughter who was healed. So the daughter is the beneficiary. Meanwhile, back at her house, the daughter suddenly gets up and is no longer possessed by a demon. Incredible, incredible faith. If you likewise are persistent in calling out to God and what you're asking God to do is in accordance with the will of God, you have faith and you press on. It's amazing to see. Take a moment to be grateful that though I'm a Gentile, I'm a dog here, right? That man, I can benefit from what God brought as the master to the table in his chosen nation of Israel. Though I may not be a descendant of Abraham genetically, I'm an, I'm, I'm an heir to the covenant. And that's really amazing, amazing news.